Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, Kansas City Star Sports Podcast, sponsored by First Federal Bank. It's Thursday, April 21st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today's show focuses on the Missouri Tigers. The caravan rolled through town on Wednesday. That's an event where coaches and athletic officials gather and mingle with fans. The stop occurred at Chicken and Pickle in Overland Park. Yes, Missouri crossed the state line for this occasion. Today, you'll hear from new basketball coach Dennis Gates and after a break from Eli Drinkwitz, about to begin his third season as the football coach. They chatted about some of the new developments in college sports like name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal. They also talked about their teams and the upcoming season. Before we get to the coaches, I sat down with star columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell about their impressions of the event. Let's get started. Well, I'm sure we'll get interrupted again and several times while we're talking. But that's, that's what that's what happens when you're in a discussion with Vahe. I'm focused on you exclusively. <laughs> so he my says, eyes aren't wandering. So he says now, and we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so we're standing in Chicken and Pickle in Overland Park. It's only a couple miles from my house. It's the first time I have ever been here. It's, it's, that's familiar. It's back to Big O Tires. That's exactly what I was going to say. Not since the Big O Tires days. I hate to give even, them a plug. Even the Missouri. Three Tigers somehow managed to come within a couple miles of Blair's house. Uh, it's, it's a fun event. I, I remember you and I did this a couple years ago when yeah. it was in North Kansas City pre-COVID, right? Um, you get to talk to the coaches. Eli Drinkwitz was here, Dennis Gates, Robin Pinchton, and, of course, Desiree Reed-Francois, the athletic director. You guys had some good sit-down time, I saw, with Eli Drinkwitz. Let's start with him. Um, coming off his best recruiting class, Missouri's best recruiting class ever, right? 15 or 60, something like that. Top 15 in the country. He's got uh, uh, Luther Burton, the third, coming in, the five-star recruit. Um, what were your impressions of, of Eli Drinkwitz here? Well, one thing I'll just say real quick is just that uh, we can't do this without acknowledging we're in Kansas and that he seemed deeply troubled by that in some ways. And I, I think it was Eli that brought up that Norm Stewart liked to say he never spent any money in Kansas. And um, that, by the way, that story's not really true uh, about Norm. But anyway, let's acknowledge that first, uh, that, that uh, we're, we're in the state. Um, Sam McDowell can speak to this better, I think, in a lot of ways, because Sam and Eli kind of got talking a lot about uh, NIL and transfer portal in, in a few different ways, and that, that's clearly very much on his mind. I mean, he's talking about it being a, a seismic shift in, in the nature of the game, and, and I'd be curious what your impressions were how he looked at it, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the difference in the two coaches, of the way they, they treat the transfer portal is drastic, but I think it should be because in basketball, you can get guys in and make an impact pretty immediately. In football, there's a lot of schematical stuff that a player has to learn before you feel comfortable enough to put him onto the field. And so the way the transfer portal's working in football, I think, is a much more drastic change than what these basketball coaches are used to implementing onto their roster. And I think he feels that. And I thought the most interesting thing he said was I asked him, do you feel like now you have to recruit your own players? And he said, every day. 
So it's not just getting guys in. You've got to keep your guys here somehow. And that, you, I thought we just talked to a guy who's understanding the new reality of that. What's interesting about you saying that is just fresh on my mind is that, that you asked, I think you asked Dennis Gates something along those lines or at least evoked the answer that he says, no, I, I don't have to coach them differently yeah. now. When, yeah. Once they're in, I, I, I'd still have to do that the same way. But I think this is a panel discussion that could be had about all these nuances. No, no doubt about it. Um, look, this is a fan engagement event, right? There are going to be a couple hundred, three, four hundred people here tonight. All we're, we're, we're engaging with them right now. <laughs> yes, we are. It's here. In real time. <laughs> you hear the tables and the chairs move behind us. But... Um, <laughs> We said we had them. Oh, yeah, that's right. We said we had Vahe's time. We do not. Clearly not. Um, that's all right, Sam. We'll conduct this. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I think I've said this before, uh, and it, it continues to be true, that I, don't, I can't think of a fan base that needs something to celebrate as much as Missouri's fan base does. And um, they are loyal. They're, they're great fans. They're here tonight just to see Truman. I see Truman the Tiger out there but to see the coaches the athletic directors they they forever support their school well and to your point i think it was seven or eight years ago when you said that about they really need something to celebrate and it hasn't been too much one thing that's kind of interesting to me they've taken this caravan stuff to a new new tier this year at least as i understand it they're going to about 26 spots they think they're going to come within 30 miles of 90 percent of the missouri fan base and go to chicago and Dallas. So they're, they're, this is a big outreach, and more so than they've done before, and good on them. I, it, it, I think it's a, a great chance for the Missouri fan to, to really connect. Well, it's, it's a recognition that they've lost the fan to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah. Because it's, it's been pretty brutal to be a Missouri fan for the last decade. So we've seen it in attendance numbers for both football and basketball, and I just think this is an acknowledgement that it's you're going to have to go the extra mile to get those fans back but it all comes back to the central theme which is you got to win i mean the way to get fans back in the stands is you got to win games listen missouri asks its fans from st louis and kansas city to drive a couple hours you know every weekend for football midweek evening games for basketball yeah i think it's i think it's fair and appropriate that the missouri coaches travel to to, for, to, to where the fans are right and you're right the desiree was telling us that they were in west plains earlier memphis missouri up in the northeast corner kansas city st louis back-to-back nights are going to jefferson city tomorrow so good on missouri for doing this so hey thanks vahe sam mcdowell and we're gonna take a break when we come back you will hear from dennis gates a new missouri basketball coach Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 100 days type thing on this job. I mean, you come in and sit down at your desk and you're like, okay, this is where I start. I mean, how do you, how do you, what's step one the minute you started the job? Step, step one is not, not to go to sleep. Step two is leave your ringer on. Step three is to make sure you have phone service. Uh, but ultimately, man, you have to write everything down. 
and make sure you don't uh, skip out or you got to make sure you dot I's cross T's. Uh, you can't do it alone. You have to sift information uh, through different sources. And my mentor, Leonard Hamilton, is a source. Uh, the staff that I've hired thus far has been a source. Uh, associate head coach Charlton Young and uh, assistant coach Dickie Nutt. Those guys have been head coaches before. Uh, this is the second rotation for me. And what I've done is look back at those notes that took place at Cleveland State. In August 1st, I was hired. In two weeks, I had to sign eight players and hire a staff of seven. So sometimes in memory, you can't pull back what took place, so you have to see what you've written down. And those same things are happening in so sort of a deja vu moment. And for me, uh, it's just making sure we bring the correct young man together that I know, uh, you know, our, our core values stand stand out true and true to. And at some point, we'll have them all here on campus to be able to form our team and, and hopefully lead us to some victories. Knowing you could do all that on August 1st in that last job, does that make this like even though you had to reread the notes, I mean, it makes you know you can you can figure hey, it out. I, I tell I tell everyone this. It, in anticipation, everyone was waiting to see who I was going to hire, and I think I said this yesterday. The first offer I gave, and I, only one person have turned me down right now, and that's been Norm Stewart. I offered him a spot back on the bench. One day he called me literally three times. We were playing phone tag. I said, Coach. You must want a job. Are you are you itching? Are you itching right now? And you know, we both laughed and 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 he can't wait to get back. I can't wait to see him and just to continue to pick his brain. And those things are the things that organically happens when you're building a program and you have to respect those that have come before you. Whether it's Conzo, whether it's Kim. Uh, whomever it is, uh, Anderson, but also, hey, you have to even talk to those assistant coaches who we are all in contact with because we're sitting in the same gyms anyway, right? You ask those little tidbits or even you read a text message of inspiration that, that says, good luck, you'll do great. Those things matter during this time, and it's something that I can always go back and look at. That sounds like a text that maybe Conzo might have sent you. Have you had contact with him? Yeah, I've talked to... Now, you have to understand this. It's, it's our, our coaching, this this profession is, is not just six degrees. I would say three degrees of separation. Um, you know, I have respect for, for Conzo. There's no doubt about it. His career, he coached at my alma mater at Cal Berkeley. So I've, I've watched his career from afar but also the tree he's come from, Gene Cady. Come on now. The Gene Cady tree is Bruce Weber. And you even look at uh, Matt Painter and, and all those guys. They have done a tremendous job. But to be where we are and to get this program where I want to get it to, I have to do my research. I have to data collect. And those are the things I'm not afraid to say. But more importantly, I'm humble enough to reach out to whether it's been assistance on Conzo staff or even Conzo himself. Those things for us to get to where we want to go, I need comp um, information. I need the data so that we can get there.
Obviously, you've done well in the transfer portal without asking. Have we? Without asking you to give away any uh, secret sauce. Secrets? Is there a such thing? Is there a different way you recruit, though, these kids that have been in college already as opposed to trying to recruit the high school kids? No, we have to just understand why they're in the portal, right? And whenever you're looking at a young man that's in the portal, you know that their career has been cut down somehow, some way. Whether they have three, two, and the majority of them will have one. Uh, you have to understand that they may come uh, you know, with a little bit of healing that needs to take place where they've experienced some type of trauma. They may have experienced some type of failure. They may have experienced some type of uh, basketball you know, underachieving. You're taking that kid and you're hopefully rebuilding. I think the one coach that has done a tremendous job and I've tried to look at was uh, Steve Forbes when he took Alondis Williams from Oklahoma. That kid became the ACC player of the year in one season. Those are the things that I look at. That's the data I like to collect. And hopefully one of these young men does just that, become conference player of the year and they, they it's capable it's possible and I think when it comes down to the right system um, it'll be an exciting style of play that can bring the best out of these young people you're, you're, even, just to say, so even if you don't recruit them differently you do have to probably coach them at least the mentality differently right you have to do what? Coach differently. No. The mentality no. aspect. No, you don't have to coach differently. Okay. They choose you just as much as you choose them. So they are coming back in this recruiting with different uh, sort of mindset, but experience, right, and wisdom. So they know what to avoid. They know how to do more research, and they know how to avoid certain pitfalls. All don't come away with the wisdom that some do. I'm looking specifically at those who also recruit us who believes in the words across our chest, who believes in the SEC, who believes in themselves as potential guys that can do the things that I expect from my student-athletes, right? And I think we have some high-character young men. You look at the stats, we have some unbelievable stats that I thought didn't exist in the stat sheet last season if we all looked at it, right? You look at the positive assisted turnover ratios that we've been able to recruit in the program in our two leading positions. You look at the shooting percentages that we're trying to address. The only thing I'm missing, and let me know if you guys find one, a seven foot something walking around somewhere in the parking lot ready to block some shots, right? That's what's, that's what's next on my agenda. Your, your peers in football portray this to be the sky is falling in the transfer portal. Basketball has lived with this for years. Before the portal, I think 40% of players were transferring before the end of their sophomore year. Is basketball better equipped for two, this? Yeah, it's two different, two different uh, sports and yeah. two different numbers. I think, you know, for us, it takes one or two players to make a big-time difference. In football, you know, you have to talk to Coach Drink. I think there, it takes a little bit more. Well, a lot more, right? I think we can find that one player in the portal that can change our whole season. They may have to find a couple. I truly believe that. The games are different. The calendar is different. But more importantly, man, these young people, they get an opportunity 
to do something and let's reset their careers and get it back on track because something has happened where maybe they've gotten under-evaluated and they want to play at a higher level, but they want to be closer to their dreams and aspirations. Uh, and in my eyes, the SEC, you have the NBA, the SEC, the G League, and then some other conferences below. <laughs> this is a tough conference, guys, and, and it is equipped with some great coaches, uh, and I'm excited to represent Mizzou in the SEC. Your fans are freaking out. Missouri didn't have a point guard. You said they were freaking out? Freaking out. Who told you that? Missouri fans all over oh. the place. But now you got a couple of point guards. I'll, I'll tell you this. I love our fans because they're some basketball-educated people. And when I uh, was recruited by Norm, he sold and told me some things. But I did. I told him, Norm, you undersold what Mizzou was. Their fans. They are a unbelievable, tradition-rich, basketball-educated group of people. They know their. They know their basketball. And you have done a tremendous job. And there is no doubt in my mind the the light shines brighter on this basketball program because of what Norm has done, what he's accomplished, and those players that have come and played for him. But more importantly, the fans that sat in those seats each and every night making Mizzou Arena, uh, the Hearn Center, one of the toughest places to play. And that's what we want to recreate. We want to recreate a tough basketball atmosphere, home court advantage. Norm, remember your uh, recruitment? What's that? Norm, uh, remember your recruitment? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I was, we were in the same, I was in the same class as Keon Doolin and Clarence Gilbert, those guys. So class of 1998, and uh, you know, when I've reached back out to Keon and those guys, uh, they were excited about about the hire and what Desiree Reed Francois, uh, the opportunity that her and President Troy uh, have, have given me. So, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Saturday and then St. Louis and then back. What do these what do these uh, events like this mean for you all? 
recruiting is kind of the lifeblood of our program, and, and I think everybody kind of um, pushes recruiting towards recruiting student athletes. But man, recruiting is everybody. It's recruiting donors. It's recruiting uh, season ticket holders. It's recruiting. Uh, the entire fan base to join in our mission, which is to compete in the SEC. And, and you know, for us, you can be a Chiefs fan, you can be a Royals fan, Cardinals fan, Blues fan, but we, we're all Tiger fans. We're all supporting the black and gold because we represent this state. Every time we play on Saturdays, we represent the entire state. So it's important for us to get that message across uh, to everybody. Coach, Missouri was kind of AWOL from Kansas City for a long time because they leave the league. They're not on always front of top of mind. They don't play basketball over here anymore in the tournament. But you've gotten back in. How, how have you gotten in and how have you gotten these great players you've gotten? I think it's about being intentional in the impact that you can make and the people that you're around. And, um, you know, for us, in order to be the best that we want to be, we have to recruit Kansas City. Uh, when you look back at the the prime Coach Pinkle years, a large portion of that team was from this city, and some of the, the greats the, that have played for, for uh, the black and gold are from this city. And so we got to continue to recruit this state, whether it's Kansas City, St. Louis, or rural Missouri. We have to recruit this state better than anywhere else. Uh, and, and really it's got to be an inside-out approach. Uh, we're we're, we're going to win first. Uh, this state, and, and then that's going to impact us and propel us to win nationally. I, you look at the, the biggest stages of college football right now, and there's been players from our state playing for other teams, uh, and, and we gotta we got to reduce that um, in order for us to get to where we want to be, which is on that stage. But it seems like uh, what you're saying is there are enough SEC quality players in the state, and it's sort of in the, in the Midwest region, that, that you can call your recruiting base. To, uh, you know, to fill a roster. Yeah, I, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. Again, like I like I alluded to, when you look at the biggest stages, whether it's the national championship in basketball or uh, the, the playoff, college football playoff, there was a large part, not a large part, a significant portion of those players from Midwest or from this state uh, on those rosters. And in order for myself, Coach Gates, Coach Pinchton, and the rest of our staff at the University of Missouri, our athletics department, we got to keep that, that talented player home. We got to encourage them to come play at the University of Missouri and uh, build their brand here first. Coach, two part question. One, when did NIL become real for you? And two, beyond the football program, how much do you enter what is involved in the community for NIL benefits to your recruits? Well, it became real for me uh, probably this time last year when I was at in the Capitol in Jefferson City encouraging our legislature and, and uh, governor to pass the bill to allow NIL. We were one of the first and, and one of the best in the country as far as uh, giving our players and, and student-athletes an opportunity to use their name, image, and likeness for uh, uh, benefit. Um, as far as, there, you know, there's legalities as far as what I can and can't do, and, and so it's, you know, don't want to violate the state law, obviously. Um, but but that's the future of college athletics right now is NIL. And, and um, there's a lot of, of conversation about the um, um, whether or not it's been weaponized through recruiting and, and collectives and all this stuff, and, and I'm not here to weigh in on that. I'm here to say to our fans that we need to engage in NIL opportunities in order for us to encourage players to – build their brands at home so I think it's uh, it, it's the new age of college football and college athletics and uh, we've got to embrace it on the, the transfer portal has obviously been a big 
topic of conversation for a year now or so, and there's so many guys go in and out of it. How do you measure if you're winning or losing in the portal? Is it just numbers of guys you have leave and come in, or I see rankings on how you guys have done <laughs> in the portal. I mean, it, 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 can you um, even quantify it? You know, if college football had just adopted the portal minus NIL, it might have been manageable. If they would have just adopted NIL minus the portal, it might have been manageable. But both these combined have created, in my opinion, the biggest change in college sports probably in the last, I don't know, if y'all would have a better in, uh, input on that than I do. Um, at the end of all of this, the reality of it is you're gonna, it, it's still going to be determined. We're still a results-based business, right? Um, the results of are we graduating our players and are we winning on the field? And so, you know, whether or not you keep score on the scoreboard uh, of transfer portal and all that, like at the end, to me, it's about are we winning football games? Are we creating a competitive roster? And are we graduating our players and giving them meaningful degrees and letting them be positive contributors to society? I, I'm not going to get caught up in who's winning and losing the portal. Like, I, that stuff's not measurable. Uh, who, who's measuring that? Somebody on Twitter? Somebody who's working on... So, uh, on the internet, I mean that—that's not truly measurable. That's—that's that's still not objective. The objective is: Do you win the football game? Do you win the basketball game? Do you win the baseball game? How are we competing uh, on the gridirons? And so that, to me, is what you got to measure. Uh, I'll let fans weigh in on on social media on whether or not we're winning or losing the pool. Um, you guys are here. In, this is in Kansas, right? And you were just here at Kaufman the other day. And I know you had some choice words for about Kansas last night in St. Louis. You can repeat those here if you'd like. Um, <laughs> but you get you did meet Coach Lightpoller. You probably met him before. I, I don't know. No, it's first time. First time. So you, you you you're playing K State on the road this year. This is a hotbed recruiting area for yeah. them as well. Do you feel? They're like your main competitors here in Kansas City for recruits, or is it just kind of everybody? Man, the thing that makes college athletics and sports fun is the rivalry, right? You, you, and you gotta, you gotta, in my opinion, you gotta continue to build it up and, and develop the passion of your fan base. And um, I think Coach Leipold is a great person. He's a really good football coach, and look forward to competing against him. Um, look forward to competing against Kansas State this year. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're competing for everything, right? We're competing for recruits. We're competing for season ticket holders. We're competing for people to come, uh, for students to come to our university. So that's the nature of what we do. Um, what was the other part of the question? Well, Kansas last night. You didn't see St. Louis. What are you baiting? Yeah, trying to, <laughs> yes. No, I mean, I, I am going to ask. Like Norm Stewart said, don't spend a dime in Kansas. Right. And now we're hosting home tours over the park. <laughs> I mean, God, uh, his health has been bad. I'm hoping he survives seeing this tonight, you know. Right. Hey, Coach, uh, Tyler Bailey will be drafted next week. What do you know? How do you know that? Oh, I can't. Holy God. I'm pretty sure. All right, Miss Cleo. What are they going to get with that guy from your couple years? Well, they're getting the best running back in the SEC last year, and it's not really even close. A a guy who's got great competitive spirit, hard worker, um, flexibility at the position to be able to be an every down back, to to spread out, be a mismatch versus wide receivers. And they're getting a guy with low mileage. Uh, You know, I mean, when you're talking about guys who – are going to play in this league for a while. There's only a certain amount of hits that your body can handle, and he's got relatively low knowledge as far as uh, how much he's been utilized. And so his best football days are ahead of him. He's incredibly smart, intelligent, tough. Um, I, I hope the Chiefs trade up and get him. Him and Nick Bolt together would be special. Are there some guys on the roster that you looked at in the spring and you thought, okay, that's a kid that could emerge in the next year or two 
and be an all-conference all player. Yeah, there absolutely are, but I'm not going to tell you who they are because I'm not going to create undue expectations for our football players. They've got enough expectations on them. Um, I just think that, that our team is working really hard um, to do what we're asking them to do, which is become a better version of themselves, not only on the football field, but as our team. Um, and they're working really hard to do that. How do you manage all the hype? Like every season there's so much hype around the season, the players, all that, but how do you kind of manage that without you know getting too high, too low? I go home and change diapers. Uh, I got a two-year-old, so like that keeps me humble. Um, but I, I think expectations are what drives performance, so you want to create an expectation of performance. You want to create uh, an expectation of how we want to perform and what we want to compete for every year. And, and you live up or down to the expectations that you set. Um, I think realistic expectations for us are to compete in the SEC East, and that's what we're trying to do. In the past two seasons, we've uh, continued to work to Im improve our roster. Uh, we need to continue to play better defense. We we've got to have more out of the quarterback position than we did last year, uh, and that's my challenge. That's that's what they pay me to do is to get more results out of that and that's what we're going to do. You seem to like opening the season up on a Thursday. Can you maybe yeah. tell why that's a benefit or why you like that so much? Yeah, I, I mean, first off, I think it's a win-win for our program because we all know how important Lake of the Ozarks is to the, the state of Missouri and we all know that everybody's going down there for Labor Day weekend, so uh, instead of trying to compete against that, why don't we embrace that? Um, I think also to get the exposure to be the first game to open up the season um, I, th I think it's a great opportunity. Our, our, our student body, our fans can come tailgate. Our students can have a great night celebrating the win, and if they choose to go to class the next day, that's up to them. And, or they can go to a four-day weekend. Totally totally up to them there. I know the professors and the faculty senate's not going to like that answer, but that's probably real realistic. Um, and, you know, I think our administration showed a commitment to our football program because – you know, originally when this schedule was set, we had six home games and six away games, but they understand that in order for us to continue to promote our brand, we need seven home games a year, and so they were able to negotiate that contract to get us a game, and then I think, again, trying to create, it, it, we're all competing for dollars and entertainment value and eyes, and so instead of putting it against the Lake of the Ozarks parade, you know, we'll go on a Thursday night. Going back to recruiting just for a second, you're coming off the highest rated recruiting class in Missouri's history, what, what, what made Missouri such an easy sell for you? For me or for them? Well, for them, by you. <laughs> there wasn't anything easy about it. Um, I think we're selling an opportunity um, and I think they're believing in the vision of what we're trying to become. And um, It also helped that the best players that we signed, some of the best players that we signed were from the state. And you've, you've always got a built-in advantage when they grew up Tiger fans. Like I said, you can be a Chiefs fan, Royals fan, Blues fan, or Cardinals fan, but at the end of the day, we all got to support the Tigers. And uh, that's what we're going to continue to sell. That'll do it for today. Big thanks to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Randy Mason produced today's show with assistance from Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Pickett. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell for the early conversation. Hey, you know where I'm going. Morning Sports Edition. Just finished it. 33 pages today. There's a Sam McDowell column on why the Chiefs shouldn't trade for Debo Samuel. Complete coverage of the Royals' victory over the Twins last night by Lynn Worthy. And a breakdown of Jay Wright's stunning decision to retire from Villanova. What did Bill Self have to say about that? Gary Bedore found out. Go to KansasCity.com and the subscription tab for more information. 
Okay, we'll be back on Friday with another edition of Sports Beat Casey.